Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. This episode of Screen Talk Emmy Edition is sponsored by Sony Pictures Television's Preacher for Emmy consideration in all categories. Content for Television Academy members is available at sptfyc.com. Preacher returns to AMC for a special premiere this Sunday, June 25 at 10, 9 central followed by weekly episodes on Mondays at 9, 8 central on AMC. Well, Michael, here we are. Another week has gone by. The Emmy race is heading toward the cliff. There's going to be <laughs> and straight a off the vote. Cliff. <laughs> There's going to be a vote. There are like twenty thousand people who we have no idea what they're thinking, who are going to make their votes in all these different categories. And uh, there's a few little clues that are emerging. Tell me what you think of the TCA uh, nominations that came out. Well, you know, uh, the, the Television Critics Association Awards, uh, you know, we're, have never really been a, a good barometer of where the Emmys are going. I think that's starting to change a little bit as the impact of critics is actually being felt a little bit more than it used to with the Emmys. I mean, The Americans is a good example of a show that was ignored by the Emmys for many years. But I think a lot of the noise that kept coming from the critics finally forced voters to start thinking about that show. Uh, same thing last year with Tatiana Maslany Lonnie, who was always a critic's favorite and was, again, kind of off the radar, but last year won the Emmy uh, in the drama category. So good examples of shows that critics championed or or stars that critics championed for a long time that actually had some sort of impact. Wouldn't Uh, you think Master of None would be an example of that? Well, I think it's one that uh, you know definitely has been championed by critics, so absolutely. Uh, I think that helps. I think the buzz surrounding Leftovers uh, has really... uh, possibly had an impact this we'll year. We'll, we'll find, find out. out in a couple of weeks. So what do the TCAs uh, actually do? So the TCAs are interesting in that uh, you know they, they do these individual achievement and drama and comedy categories that are actually uh, uh, sort of genderless. So you've got uh, you know actors and actresses competing against each other, and these are the best of the best. So uh, individual achievement and drama, you've got Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us. We, we, we figured. Yep, as, as we know and love. Carrie Coon, who nominated for both Leftovers and Fargo because she's having the summer of her career. Uh, So already that's two critic darlings up against each other. And I can't tell you. I mean, Sterling K. Brown and Carrie Coon, how do you decide between the two? And then you've got Claire Foy from The Crown in the Mix. Expected. Nicole Kidman from Big Little Lies, of course. Uh, Jessica Lange from Feud, Betty and Joan. Of course, you've got to have a Ryan Murphy uh, candidate in there. (laughs) Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid Tale, Already, who yeah. we still love, and Susan Sarandon, also from Feud, Betty and Joan. So we avoided a feud in the competition by having both <laughs> Jessica Lang and Susan Sarandon nominated. Those two will, of course, cancel each other out. Unfortunately uh, true, and I bet one of the supporting actors gets in instead in uh, the end. 
Yeah, possibly. You know, in, uh, there there isn't a supporting uh, actor in, category when at I, the when TCAs. When we head over to the Emmys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, but let's also talk about uh, some of the shows that are nominated this year for drama. Uh, again, talking about the Television Critics Association uh, nominees. Better Call Saul from AMC. Stranger Things from Netflix. The Americans from FX, which uh, has won two years in a row at TCA. We'll see if they make it a third. When is their vote? Uh, the vote actually will happen in a couple of weeks, and then the big awards is actually during the Television Critics Association press tour in July. So that will have an impact uh, after the Emmy nominations. Right. So again, it'll have an impact on the wins. Won't uh, necessarily, if yeah, if it has all. an impact, yeah. Uh, so uh, The Crown from Netflix, like I mentioned, Handmaid's Tale from Hulu, and This Is Us from NBC. That's a category that that looks that looks a lot like the Emmy uh, drama uh, field, and you know it could uh, you know match up nicely. It could end up that way. Comedy, sort of the same thing. Looks very much like an Emmy category. Uh, Atlanta from FX, of course. Blackish from ABC, which won last year. Fleabag from Amazon. Uh, that one. That's a new one. That's that's one that critics love. That one's a little more of a dark horse for the Emmys. Uh, Master of None from Netflix. The Good Place from NBC. Again, a little bit of a dark horse for the Emmys, but the critics love it. So, um, and Veep, of course, from HBO, the incumbent at the Emmys. And then what's interesting at uh, the TCA's, the Television Critics Association Awards, is that there's also a separate category for program of the year. So that brings down all barriers. Anything is eligible. It could be comedy, drama, news, sketch, talk, whatever you want it to be. It just so happens that all the nominees this year are either comedy or drama. And honestly, they're mostly drama. It looks kind of like the drama category. Atlanta versus Big Little Lies versus Stranger Things, Handmaid's Tale, The Leftovers, which interestingly wasn't in the drama uh, competition, but is in the program of the year competition. And this is us. So how many people vote for the TCAs? So a couple hundred? So it's, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the member body. Uh, I don't know the exact number offhand, but it's, it's probably about 100, 150. So it's a little smaller than the Critics' Choice would be. Which is a few hundred, which is yeah. like 200. It's a little more legit than Critics' Choice. Well, excuse me. <laughs> I'm a member of that group. Well, as you know, I'm no longer a member of the... It's the television critics. Yes, you pulled yourself out, as they say. Yeah. Um, it's the television and online critics yeah. association, basically. All right. Well, let's. this brings in the segue. After our talk last week, I was inspired to uh, ask the entire TV team if they would consider uh, putting in bids for shows that Emmy voters need to watch before they fill out their ballots. And everybody put in 10 shows, and we sort of averaged them out. You know, they all had, you know, votes. And we came up with a, a consensus. And if you want to, if you look at the story, each of us has our own uh, 10 best listed later on. But there's a consensus of of, of of ten shows, and we're gonna, and we can count down from the back. Do we, these are shows that we really think the voters should look at before they vote, and and knowing in all likelihood these are dark horse right, candidates. Right. Very much dark horses for the most part. I even went darker horse with my choices. Uh, there's a couple on here that I think are actual contenders, but we're we're still sort of advocating because there's no guarantee. I kind of went with my ten best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I went less ten best and went more with here's some really obscure sort of. Obscure ones. So Rectify came in 10th. 
um, which is a move, again, this is a, t- the, a typical of me. I do a lot of sampling. I'm not a professional television watcher <laughs> like you. I saw some of the first season. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. It's, but you guys are, are saying this is one of the things we must keep watching. It, it was a great show to the end, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, wrapped up very satisfyingly. And, you know, it was one of those special shows that was always a little quiet, a little under the radar, but critics loved. Uh, it was a signature show for Sundance TV and uh, wrapped up really nicely and uh, never got much Emmy attention. And it probably you know won't this season either just because it is a smaller show on a smaller network. But again, we're saying worth your time to at least give it a thought, give it a look. Then you have, but again, if if, if what season is this that this that, that, that you're doing now with with Rectify? Is it the third season? Yeah. Uh, if you didn't get in in the in the beginning, that's the problem with television. Well, Rectify, catching up is hard. Rectify had a small episodic order, so that that one's actually easy to catch up on if you okay. want to, and that's a show that'll I think stick around for for a long time to come, and, and people will continue to jump into it if they find it. Okay. Then we have one of my favorites, Feud, Betty and Joan. This is on my my list. I love yeah. this show. And that's one that is more likely to get some nominations. So. Well, it's so showy. It's got all these Hollywood actors in it, major scene chewing from Susan Sarandon yeah. and Jessica Lange, not to mention the men I was referring to earlier who are vying for the supporting actor. Uh, uh, we have the studio chief played entertainingly by Stanley Tucci and the poor director who's trying to keep these two women at bay during the shooting right. uh, of this of this famous famous movie uh, and that and that that guy is played by uh, Alfred Molina right so that one I think you know it'll definitely get some some notice some nominations uh, you know clearly in the limited series category it's a Ryan Murphy uh, project and and you know Ryan is Emmy bait he definitely gets his nominations every year and there were there wasn't uh, an edition of American crime story this year obviously uh, so that that left the door open for feud to, to get more attention next year will be interesting because we will have the return of uh, crime story the uh, but not the Katrina version. Nope. Nope, it'll be the uh, Versace, which is uh, has already been shooting. Actually, uh, I think it's wrapped already. It was shooting in Florida. Uh, they they even shot at the Versace Mansion. I mean, this thing's going to be legit. So, looking forward to that next year. Uh, but back to this year's list. So, Catastrophe coming in at number eight, the Amazon series. Uh, uh, another favorite. Another third season. Another third season. Another strong season. Uh, this one got a little darker, a little deeper, as as they you know dealt with uh, issues of alcoholism and uh, you know the relationship uh, you know got a little frayed because of that. Uh, but so, some you know great performances as always, and and also uh, as we've noted in the past. Uh, one of uh, Carrie Fisher's final gigs. That's right. So there's an opportunity for her to perhaps get a posthumous nomination in the guest uh, actress category. Okay. Then there's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which has continued on its merry musical way uh, this season. Um, This is an acquired taste. This is one of those things that some people really love passionately, and other people just don't get it at all. And this is one that shows the divide between the Golden Globes and the Emmys. Uh, Crazy Ex, uh, you know, has been an award winner on, on 
on the Golden Globe side, uh, you know, partly because it is a musical and a comedy, and so and it it's one of those their few shows exactly that fits into that category. And uh, you know, the uh, HFPA voters seem to really dig it. Uh, not so much love on the Emmy side, uh, yes, from a music perspective, uh, but and, and Scotton's uh, you know given CW uh, some of its few nominations in recent years, but uh, this one's a tougher one to, to get much attention. Uh, from a series or from an acting perspective. And then there's Dear White People, which is um, an, an example of a movie that became a, a television series and seems to have actually, you know, just totally run with the ball. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, a show that managed to, you know, sort of perfectly uh, translate to a series. Justin Simeon is, uh, you know, back and, and sort of recreating his movie as, as a television series, and he's done a great job. It's, uh, uh, you know, the story, uh, especially on the second half, as we note, uh, really gets intricate and, and involved, and it's, it's definitely worth your time if you haven't watched it yet. It lends itself, actually, to a series because there are so many characters and so many possible issues to, to delve into. Better Things, uh, Pamela Adlon's showbiz comedy, family comedy. Uh, why do you think this made the list? Um, well, Pamela Adlon's fantastic. This is a show that you know, also is produced by Louis C.K., and so it has the DNA of Louis a bit in there. You know, Pamela Adlon's been a uh, compatriot, a uh, you know, part of the Louis C.K. family for a while, and uh, there, there's a lot of that DNA in this show. But uh, you know, she's you know really compelling as a single mom, uh, you know, who's you know trying to raise her daughters, uh, and and it's uh, just a great character study. She's fantastic. The show's great. Uh, Highly recommend Better Things if you haven't seen it yet. Okay, and then of course Handmaid's Tale, which I love and just think it's uh, just extraordinarily beautifully executed in every way. And Elizabeth Moss should be. I think it's between her and Claire Foy for Best Actress I think in that's a drama. Good possibility. Uh, you know, again, this is a show that I think is you know on tap to get quite a few nominations. So, not that we need to tell voters that they need to see this because most of I them already have. have. Yeah. And it's definitely in the zeitgeist and of course at this moment uh, given the the politics of the real war, world. Very timely. Uh, very timely. And then we have The Young Pope, which I wrote about this week. I, I uh, interviewed Jude Law, and uh, I just think this is the best performance maybe he's ever given. I just think he, I, he just blew my mind in this. So much rich, uh, incredibly weird, um, unexpected. You know, it's Paolo Sorrentino, um, and he gives... Jude, this opportunity to really dig into what goes on in the mind of a spiritual man in crisis <laughs> and how he mystifies and manipulates the people around him. Iconic, obviously. And this is the one opportunity to uh, award Jude Law for, for a young pope because from... Usually a movie star. All signs, uh, you know, he won't be a part of the second season. So from what we understand and from is what we gather... definitely true? Nothing's he, he been confirmed He indicated to me that he was open and, yeah. and he was looking... Did you read... Uh, he did say he yeah. was well, then we prepared to juggle his schedule and jump in. Well, they haven't confirmed that yet, so... I don't think there's a script yet. So yeah. why would he commit until he saw his script. I suppose. I suppose. All right. Then we have The Leftovers, as we said, um, which has picked up. Uh, this will be a real test of, of whether critics' buzz can make an impact on uh, a, a show like this that was left cold the first time around. Yeah. Yeah. The first two times. So. Yeah. 
another third season series and again the last chance to uh give give the leftovers some love so fingers crossed it uh you know definitely is uh you know felt the heat over the past couple of weeks thanks to the finale so we shall see but again uh carrie coon like i mentioned uh you know is is riding high right now and the show itself justin thoreau um we shall see what's interesting about about so that was our number two one and then the number one suggestion that emmy voters must see is probably one of the ones that they've maybe not seen it's a british import it's fleabag and it's uh pretty much wouldn't you say this is a show that maybe women would watch more than men that seems awfully sexist and no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) um I, I I'm just guessing. I, I I thought I thought it was. Uh, it's here's how it was read, reads here. Bold and sweet in alternating measure. It's a story of grief, sisterhood, and the general desire to have someone understand you, which is totally true. Yeah. Well, I think there's the uh, you know Phoebe Waller Bridge is is fantastic, and this is a star making turn for her, and uh, got a lot of great uh, attention from critics, and uh, you know so so I think there's a, a possibility for her. But when you look at our list, actually of these shows that we're talking about here, some really strong, compelling female characters. Again, Pamela Adlon, like you were mentioning, um, a lot of the cast of Dear White People, of course, uh, you know, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Catastrophe, uh, Sharon Horgan, uh, The Feud, uh, The the Women of Feud. Absolutely. Uh, So, you know, this is is a nice nice mix uh, that... Our team put together of, of people you should be paying attention to. So now on the uh, list of films that that I put on just because I thought they Any should shows. be. Yeah, listen to me, <laughs> uh, typical. Uh, I I had the night of, which probably doesn't need any help either. Does not need any help. No. Right, and I had the crown, which doesn't need. Does any not help. need any help. Yeah. And I had my favorite taboo, which needs all the help it can get, and didn't even make the top ten because uh-huh. I don't think all of everybody here saw. It really, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just too kinky for everyone. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, he's having sex with his sister after all. Yeah, yeah. So implausibly. <laughs> and then we have Big Little Lies, which is a front runner, and Feud, and Westworld. These are all too, too, too. I think front you, you went against your own I idea. Did. And <laughs> the OA, I put the OA. Okay, on okay. Mine, which definitely is is a, an outlier. Yeah. Uh, the Zal Batmanglage and uh, uh, my favorite young uh, actress who never seems to uh, uh, Britt Marling. I just I just love everything she does. I think and she writes she writes and produces and stars in these things and they write them together. Yeah, well, the OA is interesting because it was one that got so much buzz in the beginning, but then as as people watched it and caught the end, oh, there strange. was so much disappointment over that finale. I no, think that, it, it is strange, but I found it compelling. I, yeah. I kept going, um, and as you know, I can I am perfectly capable of dropping out of of these things. Uh, so, what would be uh, so, so you put on the missing on your list? Yeah, see, I went I went total obscure, not total obscure, but I went a little more uh, left field. Uh, I put the missing seen on their search party uh you know which was a, a which nice little seen. show a nice little show on tbs uh, speechless i wanted to put a, a few more broadcast shows on here because we don't talk much about broadcast uh you know that's that's a pretty decent show that uh, is on abc 
Uh, I also put Superstore, another broadcast show, another NBC show uh, with America Ferrera. And, uh, you know, Superstore is sort of the natural uh, successor to The Office. Mm. It's, it's sort of got that same vibe. And uh, if, if you're missing a show like The Office, Superstore definitely fills that void. Uh, I put The Affair on there just because... I love know, The Affair. It was, you know, again, we're talking about obscure shows that... Not obscure. I keep saying obscure. But shows that just aren't, aren't in the race. Uh, but, but shows that you ought to take a look at anyway. Way. And then I had Rectify on there. And then the final season of Bates Motel. Hmm. So All right. the last chance to uh, give Freddie Highmore some love. So. Okay, so we're going to look at a category, um, and we're just going to sort of go over to Gold Derby as a reference, uh, our sister company. Yes, PNC um, in the house. <laughs> and uh, look at what's happening there. And again, we're going just, to just a, a demurral. Uh, just because Gold Derby says it doesn't mean it's true. Right, but it's a good uh, at least barometer to see what what they have as their odds right now. Okay, here we are at Gold Derby with the uh, rankings of the experts and the folks out, out in the world voting. And so far, Insecure is... And there are seven slots all together. Yeah. So, well, so Veep, Veep's at the top, one, obviously. Veep, uh, as I have it on mine. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Atlanta's right up there, too. Atlanta definitely in the hunt. Uh, you know, if there's a spoiler this year, it is Atlanta. Uh, but you know, what's really impressive is to see Blackish doing so well. Um, you know, a show that's really, you know, continued to grow in, in stature, but also just in quality over the years. And so that's way up there. Transparent still in the mix. Uh, you know what's you interesting. You were saying you thought it had lost heat. Well, it's it was such a dramatic season that there's part of me that you know this the the debate that we've been having for the past couple of years now, which is you know drama versus comedy, and you know the rule, which is if it's a half hour, then it automatically is a comedy, unless proven otherwise. So they Amazon is fine with uh, putting Transparent in the comedy category uh, because it's less uh, competitive, although. Uh, you know, transparent has become you know much more of a drama than it is a comedy. It's still there though, and it's still in the hunt, and it'll be nominated. Silicon Valley, uh, another great season, uh, is in the mix, and then of course Master of None, uh, which season two, uh, you know, everyone's a buzz about how great that season was. So, uh, and then uh, you know, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, so again, uh, you know, another fine season, but also a show that. Uh, you know, has been in the mix for a while now, so it sort of gets the benefit of being grandfathered in a little bit. Um, but so what will be interesting this year is uh, if Modern Family drops out. The old perennial. And once upon a time, I mean, they've they've got enough Emmys uh, to more than last a lifetime, but uh, it is, you know, a show that's sort of on the... Uh, you know, the, the flip side of relevancy. So it happens. So according to this list, below Modern Family would be Insecure, which I put on my list much higher up. I just have a feeling that for all sorts of reasons, uh, the voters may lean in to Insecure, which is uh, done very well. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, do you think I'm wrong? No, I think it's a great show. I think it's got possibility, um, you know, especially if maybe uh, Kimmy Schmidt falls out then that's a possibility. Netflix has so many shows that they're pushing. They really do. Yeah, you think maybe they uh, cancel each other out, some of them? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, So here we have um, the possibility that, that, yeah, I guess I didn't think that Kimmy Schmidt or Modern Family were going to make it. 
um, and I stuck insecure up there. Yeah, well, I think that's a good guess. I mean, why not? It's it's you know a show that uh, you know definitely is groundbreaking. It's uh, you know quality. It's critically acclaimed. Uh, Issa Rae is uh, you know sort of become the the one of the the new stars mm-hmm. uh, in no television. Question. So no question. Uh, season two is coming soon. So looking forward to that. And then and then below that you've got uh, a, a litany of shows that people are talking about dear white people flea bag like we mentioned grace and frankie one that we haven't talked about but uh, you know that's always in the mix the older demo and then there's girls with lena dunham final season so last chance to celebrate that although it does feel like that's that's a show that you know again it had, peaked had its time um and then you see thing yeah here's crazy ex-girlfriend and and uh, mozart in the jungle which, um, which again, the, the the Golden Globes loves not so much on the uh, Emmy side. And uh, your your show Shit's Creek and Catastrophe and all these uh, uh, Superstore. Yeah, here they all are down in the bottom yeah. here in the in the uh, slush pile. Exactly. It's just there, there's a. I love Dick. It got a lot of good reviews. Yeah, but you've got Shameless, or Shameless. You've, you've, got, you've Transparent. got Transparent. So yeah. it's Jill Soloway versus Jill Soloway. So, and, and Transparent is still sort of the, the mothership. So um, there hasn't been quite as much attention. I mean, there, there was a lot of press about I Love Dick when it premiered, but uh, you know, Transparent is the, the granddaddy. Well, I think that pretty much covers it, really. I mean, do you see anything else that could break through that's on this bottom part of the pile? Um, I'm being so dismissive. <laughs> there are some very good shows here. It just it just becomes overwhelming when you see how many are not really in the running. Yeah, yeah. I mean, The Good Place was a, a great first season show. Mike Schur, Ted Danson, Kristen Bell, but it's not quite there. So that that could be a show to keep an eye on in the coming years if it grows. Well, I have Veep at number one, and I'm afraid that's where it's going to stay. Veep is by far the it's safest choice. It is still good. It is still hilariously timely and funny. Still great, and you know, even without Unici, I, I ain't mad at it if it wins. Uh, at the same time, if Atlanta wins, I'd also be very happy. So it does come down to those two shows. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Anne. Bye bye. Bye bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.